Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank you for standing. Thankful to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Thankful for the day that we had yesterday. If you were privileged to be here, we had a great, great day, great turnout. There's just something about fellowship with the people of God. It's strengthening. It doesn't matter how cold it is outside. It doesn't really matter what we're going to eat. We're just together. I'm thankful for that. We've been talking about the faithfulness of God, and we're going to continue that series here this morning uh, in that God is faithful. Brother, Brother Davis has already mentioned the, the title of our lesson here this morning, Standing Tall on His Knees. Uh, and we're going to uh, kind of peruse through the book of Daniel uh, for a, a little bit here this morning and talk about the life of Daniel and kind of, kind of take some snapshots of, of, of his life and, uh, and his relationship uh, with God. We're going to take our focus first this morning from Daniel 6 and 10. And uh, if you want to follow along, you can follow along on the screen. The Bible says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. We're kind of coming into a uh, middle part of a, of a narrative here, uh, and Daniel is in uh, somewhat dire straits here this morning. Uh, but he, the Bible says when he knew the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. It's very important, as he did Aforetime. And so this morning we are going to talk about Daniel standing tall on his knees and the fact that we can too stand tall on our knees. Life has a, a unique way of, of producing some or presenting rather some natural and quite inevitable ups and downs. Life has been uh, characterized as a mixed bag and it certainly is that. It's it's a, it's a conglomerate of ups and downs. There, there are days when everything seemingly is going well, and, and, and there are seasons that present themselves seemingly without conflict or without concern. Uh, you know, perhaps there's money in the bank. There's, there's a promotion that came. Uh, maybe you weren't looking for it, and it just came to you. Perhaps your health is at its peak. It's at its optimum, and and every relationship around you is non-contentious. Just everything seems to be going just right. But unfortunately, there is an ebb and a flow to life. And, and with right, wrong is certainly possible. With good, the possibility of bad along with that, unfortunately, is probable. And see, we can't, we can't determine, we can't see in the future, and, and we certainly can't know every turn. We, we, we can't anticipate every single change that comes 
in and through our lives. And, and sometimes those changes can simply catch us off guard. It just happens so quickly that we, we couldn't anticipate it, we could not prepare. And so we face comp complex situations and circumstances in this life. The, the difficulties are sometimes com complex and perplexing. Situations certainly have the potential to sidetrack us and even attempt to derail our journey altogether. And it's in times like these, it certainly sounds trite at times, but it's certainly in times like these, maybe a little bit oversimplistic here this morning, but just allow me some latitude. It's during times like these that attitude is absolutely important. Now, we can look at the hang in there posters and and, and things like that with the little cat hanging in there and this is just hanging there and they, those, those types of statements, those types of phrases can kind of seem a little over simplistic. Just hang in there or attitude matters. Attitude determines your altitude. Those types of things. But it's a real thing. We spent the last two weeks talking about the faithfulness of God. The fact that he created us in his image. He formed us from his likeness and he knows our every move. Yes. He's even numbered, the Bible says, the hairs on our very head. He cares about the things that we care about and he cares for us. Can I just drive that point home here this morning and tell somebody he cares yes. for you? Yes. He cares for you. He he knows your every move, your ups and your downs. And though our lives may take turns that are not necessarily what he intended for us, the bottom line is this. He will not leave you. And he will not forsake you. Our circumstances and our situations don't derail God's mercy toward us. Let me say that again. No matter what we're going through, no matter the up or the down, God's mercy remains the same and it will not derail him. While our troubles may concern him, they don't change him. Though he may be concerned with us, it does not affect his faithfulness. Therefore, our faithfulness to him must not be altered no matter what may or what may not be currently happening in our lives. Whatever the situation, I must remain faithful to him because he has already been so faithful to me. Can I get a witness here this morning? That he has been so faithful to me, therefore I owe him my faithfulness. Daniel could have certainly taken the easy path to his success in the Babylonian Empire. As one of the very first deportees during multiple exiles of the Jews to Babylon, the young man faced the very difficult decision of whether he would remain true to godly values or obey all of the new influences that surrounded him. Thankfully this morning, we can kind of just get to the bottom of the story and, and, and be thankful that we do have the ending of the story. And thankfully, for our example, Daniel chose to wisely be faithful and remain faithful to God. 
Daniel was first presented with an opportunity to demonstrate his faithfulness when he and his friends refused to eat the king's meat from the king's table. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refrained from the appearance of an unlawful alliance by only eating vegetables and water and refusing the meat that had the great potential of being offered to false deities. These men aligned themselves with God and maintained their Jewish identity rather than partaking of the worldly system in which they found themselves, even though it may have been for a season. The, the person in charge of these Hebrew men feared that they would not fare as well as the others under his charge. However, God proved his faithfulness to Daniel's commitment. And, and at the end of that 10-day test, Daniel and his friends looked even better than the ones who had partaken in the king's meat. Later in Daniel chapter 2, they faced the difficult task of being asked to interpret a dream that even the, the, the person who had received the dream, Nebuchadnezzar, could not remember the dream. Not only could they, did they have to interpret the dream, uh, they had to tell the dream that, they, that this man had had. And so confronting his own death, Confronting the demise of his friends and the slaughter of the wise men of Babylon, Daniel asked for a very important thing. Daniel asked for time to pray. Daniel prayed to God, and Daniel prayed to God for wisdom, and God answered Daniel. Daniel told the king Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of a dream, and as a result, him and his friends, him uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were promoted in the kingdom. And so there was no doubt that Daniel knew exactly what the secret to his success was. His secret was not his own savvy. His secret was not his own expertise. His secret was not his own persuasion. Daniel's secret was simple, yet it was very powerful. And Daniel's secret was prayer. Can I tell you this morning that there is absolutely nothing more powerful on this earth than a prayer. You can get a prayer through if you can't get anything else done. You can get on your knees and pray to God and God will answer prayer. But the favor, the success, the promotion, the, the good would eventually come with some less than desirable opposition. You see, not only was Daniel's life built on prayer, it was built on consistent prayer. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It wasn't a resort. Daniel's life was a composite of consistent prayer. His life was built on the success of his prayers. It's very simple this morning. We're not going to get very deep. If you're looking for... Something deeper than this, sadly, you are going to be uh, very disappointed. But his life was built on prayer, but it was built on consistent prayer. And because of this, God placed within him, the Bible says, an excellent spirit. In other words, Daniel's consistency in prayer produced or molded in him the right attitude in him. It it molded the right attitude no matter the atmosphere and no matter what was going on in his life. 
promotion, demotion, dilemma. His life was built on prayer. And that is it. No matter the atmosphere, his life was built on prayer. There's something that we should learn from this. That first and foremost, that, that no matter the trial or no matter the temptation, no matter the ups or no matter the downs or no matter the in-betweens, one thing must remain consistent and foremost, and that is prayer. That's it. That's it. There's no magic formula. There, there's no great book that you could read other outside of this book here. There's not some guru that you can go to. No matter what may be going on in our lives, one thing must remain the same. If I have money in the bank or if I don't have money in the bank. If I have a car to drive or if I don't have a car to drive. One thing must remain the same and that is our prayer must stay consistent. Secondly, God might not change the situation through our prayer, and it's very important. We all know this. We're all grown in 21. We've been around long enough to know. But God might not change the situation. He may simply change our perspective in the situation. Either way, Daniel chose to humble himself in prayer. And in God's economy, humility is a far weightier dividend than self-promotion any day. Daniel didn't seek the promotion. Daniel sought the righteousness of God. Daniel was not waiting in the wings to be able to come to the rescue so that he could somehow get exalted above all the other princes and all the other men in Babylon. Daniel simply built his life on prayer and simply sought the righteousness of God and God promoted Daniel in the kingdom. God's favor was upon him because Daniel lived in such a way that God could bless him. He was ethical. He was, he, was, he was good in everything that he did. And so it was not the fact that he went and prayed unto God. He would have prayed unto God either way. It was that God could bless him because he was a living a life that was blessable, if that's a word. His reactions... His responses, his, his actions garnered the favor of God. And even though there were changing situations, even through those changing situations, God continued to place his hand upon Daniel. We see in cha chapter 5 of the book of Daniel, we see God's favor in action. Belshazzar and his administration are having a feast, a feast of victory. However, this would prove to be their defeat. While drinking from the vessels that had been taken in the conquest from the temple, a hand appears on the wall and begins to write a prophecy on the banquet hall wall. A lifeless, detached hand would have suggested a defeated enemy. But this is no lifeless or detached hand. This is not a severed hand of some false deity. This is the hand of God. It is not unanimated. It is animated. And it has a message to give. The message is clearly seen, but it is not clearly understood. The astrologers, the wise men, the, the men of Babylon could not read the writings, so they called Daniel. 
Daniel 5 and 10, the Bible says, Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house. And the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor thy, let, let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father the king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Now, we could read through the book of Daniel in just a matter of minutes if we really set our mind to do. And because we can do that, we can sort of kind of take for granted the magnitude and the, the, the vast expanse that the book of Daniel actually covers. We can read it in a moment. And so in, in, in just a, a, maybe a minute or a few days maybe. And we could take for granted the time lapse that we're looking at here. We're not looking at Daniel as a young man in a snapshot and that's it. You see, it's believed that as much as 30 years has passed since Daniel interpreted the dream for Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4. It, it really shows the lifetime that we're looking at here. Not just a moment in time. We're not looking at just a week or two or maybe just a few months. We're looking at weeks, months, years, decades, a life. It's also important to understand that this festival or this feast was not being held in a time of peace. Though they were jovial, though they were drinking from those cups and those vessels and they appeared to be having a a, 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 a festival of sorts. It was not a day of peace. In fact, within the past few days of this feast, the Persians have taken the city of Opus, crossed over the Euphrates where the city of Sippar surrendered without a fight. It's likely that Babylon has received word of these events and that Belshazzar knows that the Persian army is on the march toward Babylon. And so what they are doing is they are praising their gods during this feast while drinking from these holy instruments that were used in the temple of God, celebrating their past victories, hoping that it will cause them to win this fight. But it doesn't look good for them. The hand appears on the wall and begins to write the message. And Daniel, caught in the middle of all of this, does not have a positive message to read. In fact, the very night that Daniel interprets this writing on the wall, sees this prophecy fulfilled. Historians believe that the, the, that the Persians diverted a river, giving them easy access to, the, to, the, to defeat the Babylonians. Daniel's interpretation of the writing was not a message of endearment and could have very well cost him his life in that moment. It could have cost him... His life, because he was going against what they were doing. His interpretation of the writing was not, it was not some endearing term. It, 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 it could have cost him his life even before the transition would have occurred. Furthermore, had he survived the night with the Chaldeans, the Persian overthrow could have put him in even further detriment. You talk about being caught between a rock in a hard place. In effect, at this moment, he's faced with a dilemma. He could have lost everything he gained in this moment. 
every every bit of ground that he had gained in this moment. Though he was in captivity, God had blessed him immensely. God had exalted him and promoted him. And so he was in a very, very tight situation. But thankfully, we know the end of the story because we have the book. Daniel not only survived the situation, he thrived in that situation. Just as he had risen to power in the Babylonian Empire, God so raised him in the Persian Empire. Let me tell you something this morning. We're faced with the same dilemmas every single day of our life, whether we know it or not. Although the laws and the customs, the rulers changed, God did not change. I'm going to say it again. Although the customs, although the laws, although the rulers, all of those in power may have changed, there may have been a transition of power, the power was never diminished from God. And Daniel just kept doing what he always did. He just kept on relying on God. Just like he did yesterday, he did it in that moment. Just like he had did before, he did it again. He just relied on the steadfastness of his relationship with God. I'm here to tell somebody here this morning that everything in your life can change in a moment. In the blink of an eye, you could lose everything you have, and I'm not trying to paint your world gray, but you could lose it all in a moment. You can, you can have it all, and you can lose it all. But just as long as you will keep your connection to the source of that power, God does not change. Everything else around him could have changed. But as long as Daniel could keep his connection to the Lord, and as long as that connection remained intact, the favor of God continued to lift him above the circumstances. Daniel is our example of what faithful obedience looks like. His story is our proof that even though situations can change, as long as we remain faithful, we too can experience the favor of God. When governments change, God doesn't change. If, 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 if tomorrow afternoon Tallahassee has a new governor in place, I know who the king of king is and the lord of lords. The policies, the procedural interruptions, the personnel changes will inevitably occur the the corporations that change in your world, in your job, they might change. The rulers, of, uh, as it were, may change. But God is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he is the same tomorrow in all of life. We are simply surrounded by change. And these changes, yes, they can present and, 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 and produce concern in us and maybe even sometimes create realistic worry but I'm going to say it again we serve a God who does not change no matter the world around us or the situation or the atmosphere he is the same yesterday today and forever can we clap our hands and thank him for that he doesn't change we can trust in him today just like we trusted in him yesterday. 
He doesn't change, Brother Junior. We were just talking a, a, a minute ago before church. And we were talking to something along these same lines. He brought it up, not me. I didn't know what he was going to say. But Brother Junior just said, if we'll just trust in him today, he did it for me yesterday. He'll do it again for me tomorrow. He'll do it. He, if he did it before, he can do it again. All I've got to do is just trust in him. That what he has done before, he can do again. And what he has reconciled in our past, he has that same ability to calm your worry for your today and your tomorrows. Daniel just relied on what God had already done for him. And it caused him to remain faithful in what God would carry him through even in the midst of uncertainty. Notwithstanding, but nevertheless, there's a downside. See, there's another possibility to all this. There's another side of the coin, if you will. Though we may have done everything in our power to do what's good, everything within us to do what is right, acceptable, pleasing in the sight of God. Though we have remained faithful in our walk with Him, still, can I get an amen, opposition and persecution are still possible. Jesus said, not maybe, but there will be in this world tribulation. That's what happened to Daniel. Yet another transition. Now, it can be confusing to consider that sometimes we face confusion and persecution because of our faithfulness. Not all, not all trials are the result of sin and not all tribulation is in direct response to our downfall. In fact, in this life, our troubles most likely are, and at this point will be, the result of righteous living. Now, I'm not at all suggesting here this morning that every hardship is a result of, a, of the devil. It's not every flat tire, not every, every appliance that goes out is not necessarily his fault, nor am I suggesting that every bad thing that happens in our life is just simply because God allowed him to mess around. Some things are just life. We live in a fallen world. We, we live around fallen humanity, and, and sometimes things are just life. They're the result of living in it. We can't do anything about that. However, like Daniel, no matter the at atmosphere and no matter the at adversary, we must recognize the source of our trials. And no matter what, we must refuse to give up despite of and in face of any difficulty. Now, I know this sounds real good right now. We've got our suits and ties on. We experienced a little bit of cold this morning, but it's nowhere near what people experienced a little further north of us. The negative numbers, I, I, I mean, I'd pass away. I can't imagine. We might have had a little bit of difficulty getting up this morning and getting here, but seemingly everything is okay at the moment. And so I'm standing behind a pulpit in a, a, a temperature-controlled room, and it's easy to say these things. I know that. It sounds real good when the wind is not blowing. You don't have to raise your hand, but <clears throat> have you ever felt like the whole world was against you? Nothing seemingly could go right, no matter how much right you tried to interject. 
I'm certain that if anybody had the right to feel that way, it would have been Daniel. Daniel was preferred above everyone by the king, above the presidents, above all the princes in the kingdom. And as a result, his fan club was just a couple people, maybe just his family, God, and the king. Everybody else was against him. You see, Daniel's righteous living drew the favor of God, but it also drew the attention of the enemy. And for that cause, these princes and these rulers in the kingdom desired to take Daniel out. Interestingly, they could find no fault in him. The reason why they hated him so, they could not find any fault in him. They could not point the finger at one single infraction or violation. So they went as far as to create a rule that they knew he could not follow. How interesting. Just food for thought. This is not my message this morning, but just think about this. Is it possible that your enemy knows you better than you know yourself? Is it possible that the, the, the roadblocks and the things that we run against is because the enemy knows you better than perhaps you know yourself. I don't want to meander here far this morning, but if you knew who you were this morning, if you thought about yourself the way he thought about you, I think we'd walk a little bit different. We might talk a little bit different. If we knew that all the roadblocks that we faced was because the enemy was so deathly afraid of us, we'd walk a little bit different. We'd poke our chest out a little bit, not with pride, but with knowing that we are powerful in God because his favor is upon us. And so the prince of princes and the presidents, they address the king and they go to him and they could caulk this rule of sorts. And they say in Daniel 6 and 7, the governors, the princes, the counselors, the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god, of any god, not little g, capital G, of any god or man for 30 days, save thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. They placated to the king's ego, and they thought that they created the dilemma in Daniel's life. Now the carnal aspect of this, the simple solution is this. Just don't pray for 30 days, Daniel. Don't shoot any arrows at me here this morning. That's a simple solution. Just don't pray for 30 days. That's all it said. It's a firm decree, but for 30 days. This has a shelf life. This has an expiration date, Daniel. Just don't pray for 30 days. It's not a lifetime. They're not making you not do this for the rest of your life. It's just 30 days, Daniel. All he had to do was outlast the scheme of these presidents and princes for a month. As my grandfather said, you can do that standing on your head. And all would just be fine after that. However, Daniel saw the big picture. Daniel knew that faithfulness matters no matter the circumstance. 
He knew and understood that small compromises, well, they just lead to even bigger compromises. And those compromises, they just lead to even bigger compromises. Daniel was saying, no, I know that these presidents and these princes simply won't stop until they've gotten what they want. They want me out of the picture. And so no matter what they're going to do, I'm simply not going to stop praying to my God and so there's no sense in giving in one minute or one millimeter this isn't pride this is principle it's simply it isn't simply resistant just to be resistant rather it's obedience first to the one that matters you see his resistance didn't begin with resistance his resistance was a result of his obedience first perhaps that's why James said in James 4 and 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God first. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. First draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And so Daniel was not resistant just for the sake of being resistant. His, his plight didn't begin with resistance. His plight began with obedience. He was submitted First, this is what Daniel was saying in effect, and I'm going to paraphrase. Heaven and earth may pass away, but the word of God will stand forever. And one compromise is not worth violating or prostituting my relationship with him. Not one minute and not one millimeter. I'm just going to keep doing what, what I have always done, and that is pray to God. Now, while we may want the Lord to reward us for our faithful obedience, we must first be aware of this fact. We must be aware of the worldly resistance that may arise from doing the right thing. But we can rest assured that when we pray, the Lord blesses us like Daniel with an excellent spirit and the opportunity for advancement anyway. We're not looking for promotion. We're not looking to be placed ahead. We're not, we're not looking to try to do that. But that's just a result of our relationship with God. I can't help it. He just favors me. He loves me. And I love Him. But it's not because of what He does for me. Though others may despise our blessings, though others may seek to harm us or even... Destroy us like Daniel at all costs. We must never stop praying. And hear me this morning. Our spirituality is not conditional on our emotions. It doesn't matter if I got goosebumps or if I don't got goosebumps. My spirituality is not conditional on my emotions. And our faithfulness is not conditional on God's deliverance. It simply must be consistent. And so it's safe to say that doing the right thing led Daniel into, the was, into one of the most difficult decisions of his life. It even grieved the king. King Darius rooted for Daniel, even though it was his own decree that put him in the predicament. And so here are the facts of the story. First and foremost, the, the decree was firm. It could not be reversed, and the punishment could not be curtailed. Daniel was seemingly alone. We see no mention of Shadrach, Meshach, 
or an abandigo. And even though he tried, the king couldn't help him. He couldn't even reverse his own law. And thirdly, Daniel's deliverance would be reliant on God and God alone. And I don't have a whole lot of time here left this morning, but I just feel like saying to somebody, if God is all you have, somebody finish it for me. God is all you need. That's not just a saying. That's not just cliche. If God is all you have, trust me here this morning. He is all you need. He's all you need. So the sentence was carried out, and by all intent and purposes, Daniel's fate was grim. But this is what the heathen king said to Daniel. He said, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. The heathen king prophesied over Daniel that God would deliver him, and he did. God intervened and sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. What should have been the most terrible ordeal of his life, ending in horrific death, proved to be yet another miracle for Daniel. He actually walked through the valley of the shadow of death, but he didn't fear the evil because he wasn't alone. God was with him, and the angel of the Lord was by his side. Even though the king could not be on Daniel's side because of his foolish decree. He still loved Daniel. King Darius's love for Daniel reveals yet again the favor of God on the child of God. Daniel, Daniel's excellent spirit cultivated by prayer had caused the king to love him so much so that the king spent the night fasting for him and he couldn't even sleep or eat worrying for him. Hear me today, Daniel's innocence is what saved him. It was not. It was his innocence that got him in the predicament, but it was his innocence that ultimately saved him. So we must always stay faithful to the Word of God. Miraculously, these tables were turned. We know the end of the story. These, these men that sought Daniel harm were cast into the den of lions themselves to meet the fate that they, they intended to do Daniel harm with him. All of it, all of it points to the fact that God will fight our battles and he will carry us through. All we must do is remain faithful. And all of it comes down to one single principle, and that is trust. It all comes down to trust. In every season, in every trial, we must realize two things very important. Though it may seem as though we are, we are never truly alone. And though we must never, ever, ever let go of the foundations and the fundamentals of our walk with God. Like Daniel, we must trust God, Brother Davis, in all things. Trust Him to carry us through the ups and the downs of life. To trust Him to protect us and to keep us and to ultimately deliver us through and out of our trials. Stand with me this morning and I'll end with this. Daniel was presented with something very common to every man, every woman, and every child. And that is choice. Daniel chose wisely. He ignored the voices surrounding him that screamed conformity, though it would have been just much easier to just conform. He could have chosen the route of others to attempt to 
gain the promotion in the kingdom. Instead, he chose to behave righteously and to continue praying to the one true God. His allegiance did not align with the world. His allegiance rested solely in the word of Almighty God, and it rested solely in him no matter the circumstance. God's favor in our lives, hear me this morning, is not dependent on ideal circumstances. But we must not ever allow circumstances to dictate our faithfulness to the will and to the word of God. That's what Daniel did. It didn't matter if he was promoted, if he was in the, the den of the lions, whether he was interpreting dreams or whether he was just in obscurity in the castle. He always remained faithful to our God. The story of Daniel brings to mind another narrative from the Persian Empire. Most of us know the story of Esther, but we're not always given a lot of thought to Vashti, the queen that she replaced. In Esther's chapter 1 and 2, we learn that Vashti was dethroned because she refused to be publicly put on display by her husband, King Ahasuerus, during a drunken feast. And as punishment for her insubordination to be an example for how women should submit to their husbands in the kingdom, Vashti was removed from the story faster than she appeared. Vashti and Esther both showcased courage and stood for integrity, but only Esther's story seemingly has a happy ending. Though it doesn't seem to make sense, it, it's moments like these that we have to turn our human perspective to see three things through a heavenly lens. While it cost her the crown, her choice to do what was right was needed in God's plan and served a purpose for his bigger story involving Esther and the salvation of the Jews. But without her courage, the story would have not been the same. In fact, it would have looked a lot different we sometimes won't get that full picture, that perfect ending, or that positive recognition when we stand for what we know is right, but we can know that God can and will still use it for His perfect will. The bottom line to all of this here this morning is that God will favor righteousness and He will respond to faithfulness. He will not leave you and He will not forsake you. If you stand on His word, He will follow it through and He will back you up. And so this week, as Brother Davis began this service, let's focus our prayer. Let's pray as we recognize God's favor at work in our lives. Let's pray that we would make right choices no matter the circumstances. And let's ask God to help us trust Him during every season of trial. To trust Him in the ups and the downs. To trust Him in the in-betweens. To trust Him in every season and every circumstance and every situation and every transition that we may find ourselves in. To be totally and utterly faithful in all things. In prayer, in consecration, in dedication to the things of God. And I am certain here this morning that if we will pray this and if we will practice this, God will show up. He will stand with us and He will do what is absolutely necessary for us, in us, in through us. Would you lift your hands here this morning and would you thank him for his word. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We praise you, Lord, not for everything you've done for us, Lord, because it is 
It is vast. It is innumerable. It is immeasurable, God, what you've done for us, the faithfulness that you've shown to us, Lord. But we praise you, Lord, for who you are. You are love. You are consistency, Lord. You are faithfulness. And we thank you for it here today. Help us, God, to, to enter into relationship with you in consistency. Help us to pray with fervency, God. Help us to seek righteousness, Lord, and help us to seek your will in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.